The BBC presents Jet Morgan in Journey into Space. months since takeoff. Freighter number seven lost, a wreck which had to be abandoned when our course was changed. Freighter number six also lost, or so we thought, with James Whittaker and Peterson aboard. Then came the mysterious radio call which identified itself as control, ordering us to abandon our project and return to the advanced base on the moon. And finally, the detection of an object on the radar and televiewer screens which proved to be the missing freighter number six. Still dead on course for Mars, but traveling a thousand miles an hour slower than the rest of the fleet, which was rapidly overtaking it. Jet had the discovery slowed down until we were coasting alongside the wayward ship. And then, when only a hundred yards separated us, had Lemmy call her on the ship-to-ship radio. Hello, number six. Hello. For the last time, this is flagship discovery calling. Come in, please. It's no good, Jet. Either he doesn't hear us or he doesn't intend to answer. He can hear us all right, if he's in there. Where else could he be? All right, Doc, put your suit on. Hey? Yeah, now, wait a minute, Jet. You don't intend going over there, do you? Not before you know everything's all right in that ship. What other choice have we? But the, the door isn't even on this side. Before you reach it, you'll have to pass out of our sight. The radios will be on. You can talk to us. Oh, if you say so. But I'll tell you, mate, I don't like it. It might be a trap, a, a trick to get you in there. That's a chance we'll have to take. All right, Doc, let's go. Hatch opening. Can you see him yet, Mitch? Yeah, Lemmy. Jet's drifting across now. Hello, Discovery. Have now reached number six. Have you in full view? I'm going round to the other side of the ship, to the main door. Right. You wait here, Doc. Sure. Here I go. Now walking upside of ship. Still in full view. Let me know when I'm about to pass out of your range, Mitch. Any minute now. That's it. Uh, all right, Doc. Come up alongside, will you? Coming. I can see the main door from here. It's just below me. And it's open. What? Okay, Jet. Now alongside you. You stay here, Doc, where Mitch can see you. I'll carry on as far as the door. Watch your step, Jet. Here I go. I've lost him now, Doc. Can you still see him? Yes, Mitch. He's almost there. Everything looks quite normal. I'm going in. Alone? No, Jet. I'm going with you. Uh, Okay, Doc. Come on, then. Doc, now out of sight. Now alongside Jet, Mitch. At main door. Can you find the remote control switches? Uh, Yeah, I got them. Hello, Mitch. Did you hear that? We're in the airlock and closing main door. Yeah, I heard. Let's hope it opens again just as easy. Thank you, Lemmy. Door now closed. Well, at least the power packs of the ship are still in good order. Then why do we stand here in the dark, Jet? Shouldn't the lights be working, too? Uh, Of course they should. Hang on a minute, Doc. There, that's better. Now, let's see. Airlock, contact. As she begins to fill up, we should hear it. I think I can, Jet. Yes, and the gauge is rising, too. Air pressure maximum. Now for it. Open the hatch, will you? Contact. Cabin lights are on, if that means anything. Hello, Midge. Hearing it, Jet? We're still in the airlock, but we've opened the hatch. The lights in the crew's quarters are burning, but nobody's come to greet us. Eh? The place is as quiet as the grave. 
If there is anybody in here, they must have heard us coming in. As soon as we've taken our helmets off, we'll be climbing the ladder. Keep listening out, will you? I'm all ears. Watch your step, Cobber. All right, Doc. Remove your helmet. Removing helmet. Ah, that's better. Okay, Doc. Uh, okay. Then let's get up there. I'll lead the way. I'm right behind you. What? The cabin's empty. It can't be. They must be here somewhere. Not necessarily, Jet. The main door was open. They could have abandoned ship. But why? Unless they wanted to commit suicide. Having Whitaker as a crewmate might well have driven Peterson to just that. Then where is Whitaker? He should be here at least. Yeah, I guess so. Hello, look at this. Huh? Empty food containers strewn all over the table, some still floating in midair. Oh, what a mess. Yeah, the remains of at least six meals here, and not one of them been cleared up afterwards. Something very strange has been going on here. Look, check up on the oxygen supply and air conditioning, Doc. I'll check the main control panel. Right. Now, Jet, nothing wrong here. How about you? Okay, here as well. Good deal of fuel gone, though. Main tanks are empty. I must have used that when they put on that spurt to get away from the rest of the fleet. And to slow the ship down again. Huh? Well, somebody must have turned her over and slowed her down, Doc. And I'd say that somebody was Whittaker. Well, what was Peterson doing meanwhile? I don't know, Doc. Let's get over to the radio panel. Right. Hey, what's all this? Recording tape all over the floor. But a great part of it is still in the machine. Yeah, it's just as though somebody had been tearing it out of the recorder and was interrupted. Try and get it back on the spool, Doc. Later, I'll play it over, see if there's anything on it. Right. I wonder if the radio works. Hello, number six. Discovery calling. Come in, please. Oh, it does. That's Mitch. Hello, Discovery. Morgan speaking. What's going on over there, Jet? You tell me to keep listening out and then leave me hanging on here. Sorry, Mitch. I forgot about you. It's a good thing we didn't forget about you. Well, what have you found? The cabin's in chaos. Half-eaten meals on the table, recording tape all over the floor, no sign of the crew. No wonder we got no reply to our calls. What was that? I said no sign of the crew. You mean they're missing? Yeah. We think they must have abandoned ship. And they must have been stark raving mad, both I'll, of them. I'll call you every ten minutes, Mitch, okay? Okay, and don't forget this time. I won't. All right, Doc, let's continue the search. Well, how about the cargo compartment? Well, let's look in the personal lockers first, see if they hold any clues. Huh? Whose locker is this? Peterson's. And his crew suit's gone. Oh, maybe they had some trouble outside, went out to fix it and drifted off. Both of them? Well, why not? But that would more or less put Peterson in league with Whitaker. They'd have to be working together. Oh, yes, it would. The last we heard from Peterson, he was yelling for help. No, Doc, I don't think that can be the explanation. Well, maybe not, but everything points to their having gone outside for some reason or other. The main door open, the suit missing. Yeah, that still doesn't explain the empty food containers and the mess this place is in. Uh, let's take a look in the second locker. All right. Well, I'll Just be... as I thought, Whittaker's suit is still here. You're sure it's his? Well, there's the construction engineer's flash on the shoulders, Doc. Who else's could it be? Well, then he couldn't have left the ship, unless he went out without his suit. Look, I'm going down to the cargo hold. One of them, even both of them, might be there. Meanwhile, you keep searching the cabin. Right. Uh, make sure the air pressure's up to full rate before you open the cargo hatch. I'll watch it, Doc. Don't you worry. I'll start over at the motor panel. And don't miss a thing, Doc. I won't. In fact... Hey, wait a minute. Hey, what's the matter? The inspection hatch. It's partly open. The inspection hatch, you say? Yeah. The light's on down there, too. I wonder we didn't notice it before. Open her up, Doc. Where's the switch? I'm not familiar with the controls in these freighters. On the main control panel. Uh -huh. Bottom left, blue section. I've got it. Hey, there's somebody down there. What? Well, who is it? He's all of a heap. It's difficult to say. Come on, let's get down there. Hello, number six, Discovery calling. Come in, please. Oh, last, that's Mitch. You go down, Doc. I'll follow you in a couple of minutes. Right. Uh, hello, Discovery. Morgan here. Oh, your ten minutes is up. You were going to call me, remember? I'm sorry, Mitch. I've got other things on my mind. Well, what do you think goes through my mind when I think of you and Doc stuck over there in the Mari Celeste and me not knowing what's happening because you don't call up and tell me? Look, Mitch, Doc and I are quite okay. 
but we've just found something that needs our immediate attention. I'll call you again later. Ten minutes? Ten minutes. And if you don't want me and Lemmy to go grey with worry, make it ten minutes, will you, Jet? Hey, Jet, you better come down here and take a look at this. On my way. Look who it is. Whittaker? Yeah, and out cold. Mm. Badly beaten up about the head, too. But Whittaker, he was the last person I expected to... Where's Peterson? Your guess is as good as mine. You were going to look for him in the cargo compartment, remember? I'll get up there right away. Uh, how about you, Doc? I'll get Whitaker up onto one of the bunks in the cabin. By the time you get back, I should know just what shape he's in. Okay, Doc. I've searched the ship from top to bottom, cargo hold everywhere. I've even been down into the tank inspection hold. There's no sign of Peterson anywhere. And he must have left the ship, Jet. That's why the main door was open. But why? He must have known he'd never be picked up, not in a million years. He must have known he was stepping out of the ship to certain death. Well, there are an awful lot of things which need explaining, Jet. Why the cabin is in such chaos. How Whitaker came to be lying down in the inspection hatch with multiple head injuries. How is he, Doc? In a bad way, a very bad way. How did it happen? Looks to me as though he were attacked, pretty brutally. By Peterson? I can't see who else. The base of the skull is badly fractured, and there's a considerable amount of hemorrhage. Is he still unconscious? Yes, and if he ever regains it, I'll be very surprised. As bad as that? Mm. He'll need constant watching, Jet. Shouldn't be left for a moment. And if I'm to give him the treatment he needs, I need supplies. Well, how about the medical locker, Doc? Oh, it doesn't amount to much more than a first aid outfit. I'll have to have one of my kits brought over from the Discovery. Or take Whitaker over there. No, Jet. No, he's too ill. To move him that far might well prove fatal. I see. Well, in that case, Doc, I'll have Mitch bring across all you need. I was going to ask him to come over anyway. Oh, what for? Well, so far as I can tell, the ship's in full working order. But only Mitch can tell us if the motor's still usable. Uh -huh. And if it is, we can salvage the ship. And with number seven gone, we ought to. Well, when you finish talking to Mitch, maybe I could have a word with him. Sure, Doc. And incidentally, he's getting a little agitated. He called up twice while you were gone. Oh, did you tell him about Whitaker? Yeah. Uh, thank our lucky stars the radio still works. Uh, hello, Discovery, number six calling. Come in, please. Hello, number six. Barney, dear. Hello, Lemmy. Put Mitch on, will you? Yes, mate. Hang on a minute. Hey, Mitch. Jet wants you. Oh, so you decided to call up at last, Jet. Don't you realize the fleet is now 7,000 miles ahead of us? If we don't catch them up soon, they'll get to Mars without us. That's just what I'm calling you about. Listen, the crew's quarters over here are in a shocking state, but the power packs are working and so is the air supply and radio. The motor's okay so far as I can tell, but I need you to give it a thorough inspection to make sure. So you want me to come over there? Yes, please, Midge. All right. Uh, who'll be coming back, you or Doc? Neither. I've got to tidy the place. Well, couldn't Doc do that? He's too busy with Whittaker. Well, bring Whittaker over here, then. Doc says he's too sick to be moved. You mean you intend leaving Lemmy here alone? Maybe for hours? Hey? Oh, it won't hurt him. No, now, wait a minute. Well, Jet, if I... you say so, Jet. Well, don't I get a say-so in this conversation? Lemmy, stop interrupting. Yeah, but Jet, wait Lemmy, if you have anything to say, say it and get it over with. Well, you said you wanted me to stay here alone. That's right. Have you any objection? Yes. Why can't you bring Whitaker over here like we did before? Because to move him might kill him, Lemmy. Oh. Well, I know I keep watching the radio, the radar, and the television all at the same time. You don't. You spend ten minutes on each in turn. Oh, see, you've got it all figured out, haven't you? As soon as Mitch has finished the inspection of number six, he'll be coming back to the flagship. Now, is that all clear? Yes, Jet. And you're quite prepared to stay over there alone for a while? I don't see I've got much choice. Good boy. I'll call up the fleet periodically and make sure everything's okay. And tell them we'll begin to catch up as soon as number six proves to be okay. Yes, Jet. Uh, put Mitch on again. Doc wants a word with him. Yes. Oh, and don't worry, boy. I mean, with Lemmy Barnett in charge of discovery, can't come to any home. Here you are, Mitch. It's all yours. Hello. Mitch, look, when you come over, would you bring a couple of medical packs with you? 
Uh, sure, Doc. Which ones do you want? Uh, first is pack number one from medical locker B. Yep. Pack number three from medical locker A. Hey, hang on a minute. I'll have to write this down. <laughs> Doc, some food. Well, thanks, Jeff. How is he? If anything, a little worse. Oh, no sign of his regaining consciousness? I'm afraid not. Doc, what chance is there? It's a toss-up. We can only wait and hope. Ah, here comes Mitch, up from the inspection hatch. Well, Jeff, that's that. She's okay and she's got enough fuel in the reserve tank to give her... Mitch, pipe down for Pete's sake. We've got a very sick man here. Oh, well, sorry, Doc. Uh, come over to the control table, Mitch. We can talk there. Well, sure. Now, what were you saying? Well, I was saying that the motor is okay. We can start to overtake the rest of the fleet as soon as you're ready. Oh, good. That's good news, Mitch. You and I better get back to Discovery right away and get ready to turn the ships over and fire the motors. Yeah, both of us. But you can't expect Doc to stay and handle a manoeuvre like that alone. There are only two takeoff couches in here, and Whittaker's already occupying one of them. Oh. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. Doc must stay with Whittaker. If firing is controlled from Discovery, he should manage okay. Let's hope so. Well, we better tell him what we intend to do. Sorry, Jed. If the motors are fired, I can't hold myself responsible. The pressure that Whitaker would be subjected to would kill him for sure. But we've got to catch up on the fleet sometime soon, Doc. They're already 10,000 miles ahead of us. Well, that's for Jed to decide. As a medical officer aboard this ship, I can only put forward my point of view. But the acceleration won't be all that great, Doc. Four gravities at most. Uh, too much. I doubt if he could stand even two. Oh, well, that's too bad. Do we put the whole fleet in jeopardy for the sake of one man who's given us nothing but trouble ever since we took off? who tried to get us to abandon the trip and go back and killed one of his crewmates into the bargain? Now, now, we've no proof that he killed Peterson. You want to bet on it? No. And don't shout, Mitch. While Whitaker is in the state he is, I insist on absolute quiet. Well, how about it, Jet? Do we rejoin the fleet or don't we? How long do you think, Doc, before it would be safe to turn the motors on? I can't say, Jet. Maybe a few hours... Maybe a few days. A few days? Oh, now, let's be reasonable you about this. You argue it out between you, gentlemen. I have to get back to my patient. Now, Jet, look, let's face the facts. I am facing them, Mitch. If Doc says Whitaker is too ill to stand the pressure, then I take his word for it. We wait. Either until Whitaker is fit again or until time compels us to overtake the fleet and leaves us no choice. Oh, but And yet... meanwhile, you can figure what that time is. Okay. Where do they keep the navigational tables in this ship? Same place as in any other. In the locker under the control table. Good. Yeah, come over here, quick. What is it? I think he's coming round. He was trying to say something a moment ago. What? I didn't catch it, I'm afraid. Leave me alone. What did he say? Leave me alone, I think. But nobody's touching him. Whittaker. Whittaker, can you hear me? This is Captain Morgan. Turn back. Turn back. Whittaker. You must turn back. I can fight them. But you can't. What's he talking about? I wouldn't try to make sense of it, Jet. He's delirious. You do not know the power they have. Oh, he must be. I don't think he even realizes I was talking to him. I defy you. Do you hear? I defy you. Whitaker. I must go back. Whitaker. Back to my wife and, and my children. Has he a wife and children? If he has, I should think this is the first time he's ever mentioned them. They've gone to the exhibition. Everybody's going. Hello, number six, Discovery. Calling, come in, please. I'll get it, Doc. Right. Uh, hello, Discovery. Morgan here. Oh, hello, Jet. Look, I don't want to break up your little party over there, but the time has come for routine inspection and fleet reports. Number one has already called up. He wants to get cracking. Well, can't you take them, Lemmy? Of course I can take them, but what about our own routine? You 
you can't expect me to keep radar, radio and televiewer watch and inspect every part of ship and all. It's a big enough job for the four of us. They're running a special train from Baker Street. What was that, Jet? Oh, it's all right, Lemmy. I'm sorry to have left you over there alone for so long. I'll attend to it. Well, somebody will be coming back then. I'll tell number one to wait until they get here. Uh, one of us will be coming across in just a few minutes. Right. Oh, uh, incidentally, Jet. They must turn back. How's Whitaker? I must tell them to turn back. Uh, still in pretty bad shape. Oh. Oh, well, I'll get the main door open, Jet. Be all ready for whoever comes across. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Lemmy. Uh, Mitch, did you hear that? Yeah, Jet. Want me to go back? Uh, if you don't mind, you finish that inspection job anyway. I'll stay here with Doc. Okay, I'll put the tables back in the locker and put my suit on. I'll finish the computations in Discovery after we've carried out routine inspection. Round to that in good time. Thanks for the report, Lemmy. Uh, will you call again in an hour? Well, Mitch will. I'll be getting some sleep. You sound as though you could do with some yourself, boy. Mm, do I? I'll think about it. Good night, Lemmy. Good night, mate. Lemmy's right, Jet. You pretty well put this ship in order yourself. You must be completely exhausted. Uh, a little tired, Doc, but how about you? You've had no more sleep than the rest of us. But I haven't been doing any work. Just sitting here, keeping my eye on Whitaker. I wonder what did happen between him and Peterson. If only he'd come out of that coma, he might be able to tell us. I wouldn't bank on that just yet. He's been too quiet for my liking for a long time. How about you turning in and getting a little sleep, Doc? No, not now, Jet. Later, maybe. But you go ahead. I'll wake you in four hours. Okay. If Mitch calls, I'll take it. Oh, and if it's anything important, wake me up. Right. Now lie down. I'll fasten your straps. James Edward Whittaker. Eh? Don't worry about him, Jet. He'll probably go on that way for hours. All right, Doc. Uh, good night, you. Night. James Edward Whittaker, born September 12th, 1893. That's ridiculous. That'd make you 78 years old. You don't look a day over 30. Have you been to the exhibition? Everybody's going to the exhibition. I wouldn't know how to get there. They're running special trains from Baker Street. Or you can catch a bus up the Edgware Road. The train is better, much quicker. Is that where the exhibition is? Of course. Funny, I've not heard anything about it. Well, don't you read the papers? Oh, I say. Look. What? That star up there. That red star. That's Mars. Isn't she beautiful? The red planet. It's not red at all, you know, really. It's pink and olive green. How do you know? Mars is approaching close to the Earth. If only we had telescopes powerful enough, we could see the cities on her. Cities? Didn't you know? What are you talking about? When it's night time in Italy, it's Wednesday over here. Amazing how that song has caught on. Utter nonsense, really. But you can't help singing it, can you? I've never heard it before. You seem to be completely out of touch with the time. Are we going to this exhibition or aren't we? We were, but we have other things far more important to do. That's why we've come to the park. The park is closed at this time of night. There is a way in. There. See all those people? They're all going. They'll be very happy to have you join them. See how 
pink they are. That's because of the atmosphere. On Earth, the sun turns you brown, but up there, you turn a nice shade of pink. Good evening, Mr. Whitaker. Good evening. Good evening. I've got another one. Are we all ready? Yes, Mr. Whitaker. Then you get in, Mr. Morgan. This will be the finest exhibition you've ever seen. Where are you taking me? In you get, Mr. Morgan, or do I have to force you? Take your hands off me. Take them off. Do you hear? Hold him. Hold him down. Let go. You're choking me. Don't let him get away. Let go. Do you hear? Let go. Let go. Let go. Jeff. Jeff. Wake up. Uh, let go. Let go. Jeff. Wake up. What are you doing? Don't let go. Oh. oh, it's you, Doc. You were raving like a lunatic. What's the matter? Oh, a dream, Doc. I, I had such a fantastic dream. A dream? Yeah. I dreamt I was back in London. Not a London I knew, a London of the past. The buses were open-decked at the top, and everybody was going to an exhibition somewhere. Some buildings I knew. In other places were older buildings where new ones now stand. And Whitaker was there. He was taking me to catch a train at Baker Street, but... He took me to Regent's Park instead. And there were about a dozen other men, all with faces and voices exactly like Whitaker. And then they began to attack me and... Well, then you woke me. You were yelling your head off. I'm sorry, Doc, I didn't mean to... Did I disturb him? Whitaker, you mean? Yeah. Nothing will ever disturb him anymore. What? You mean he, he's dead? Yes, Jet. And that's not all. How do you mean... What's up, Doc? You look pale. Do I? I'm not surprised. Jet, get out of that bunk and take a look at him. And be prepared for a shock. Yes, Doc. Well? Good heavens. That's not him? It is, Jet. Can't you see the likeness? Yes, but... That's an old man. Exactly. Control was right. Whitaker was 78 years old, but it took his death to prove it. The death of Whitaker and the subsequent change of his physical form from that of a young man to an old man was the most severe shock we'd received since starting out for the Red Planet. What did this strange, fantastic transformation mean? How had Whitaker managed to retain his youth for so long? Where had he been between 1924 and the time he joined the expedition as a reserve crew member more than a year ago? And if Peterson, normally cool and calm under almost any emergency, had murdered Whitaker, why did he do it? and then commit suicide by letting himself out into space when the easiest thing in the world would have been for him to call up the flagship and explain his plight. Had there been some strange power in control of Whitaker that compelled him to do things against his will, a power that prolonged his life until death cut off the controlling medium, so making the wear and tear of 47 years overtake the now lifeless form in a matter of minutes? Well, if there was an answer to all these questions, neither Jet nor I were able to supply it. The fact remained. Whitaker was dead. 
Now there was no longer any point in lagging behind the rest of the fleet. Twelve hours later, the ships had been turned over, their speeds increased, and we had taken our place along with the rest of the fleet of ships to continue our journey towards the Red Planet. With Mitch and I now running freighter number six, extra work was placed on Jet and Lemmy, who now constituted the crew of the Discovery. In addition, Jet had also set himself the task of sorting through Whitaker's effects, which he had had transferred to the Discovery. From control to flagship... I have a message for you. Can you take it, please? From control to flagship, here is your message. Urgent. And that's the finish of that reel. That's merely the recorded voice of control. Would these be the same tapes that Whitaker used to try and bluff us he was control? No, they must be. Why else would he have had them in the ship with him? Hmm. Well, there's only this reel now, Jet. This is the one that Doc found under the control table. But it doesn't look to me as though it's been used. I might as well put this straight back into store. No, play it, Lemmy, just in case there's something on it. We don't want to miss it if there is. All right, mate, if you say so. There, she's all set. You can switch her on. Right, on. Not a sausage. That is a new tape. But what was it doing under the control table? What was anything doing anywhere in that ship? It's just another of those unsolved mysteries, like what happened to Peterson... Uh, why did Whitaker try and get us to turn back? Or, or why had number six already been turned round when we overtook her? Uh, I'd give anything to know the answer to just one of those questions. Oh, well, we can forget these tapes, Lemmy. They obviously can't tell us anything we don't know already. Uh, give me a hand with the minor inspection, will you? Then it'll be time to get the reports in from the rest of the fleet. Yes, mate. Then grab hold of the logbook and we'll begin. Logbook grabbed. Air pressure, 110.5. Air pressure, 110.5. Say, Jet. Yes, Lemmy? I was thinking about Whitaker. What about him? Well, he was originally second crew man of number two, wasn't he? Oxygen, tank one, 18.760. 18.760. As I was saying, he was first in number two with Frank Rogers. Lemmy, let's concentrate on the job in hand, eh? We can discuss Whittaker later. Yes, mate. Let's get over to the main control board now. Yes, mate. When it's night time... Power pack number one, blue section. over here. Lemmy! When it's... it's, uh, Eh? What were you singing? Uh, I said, what were you singing? Just a song. Sing it again. An encore, you mean? Sing it again, Lemmy. Go on. Yes. Uh, when it's night time in Italy, it's Wednesday over here. When it's midnight in Germany, you can't get a... That's chi- it. Uh, it's the same one. The song Whitaker sang in my dream just before he died. Hey? Where did you learn it, Lemmy? Tell me, where did you hear that? I don't know. It, it, it's been running through my head for an hour or more. I don't remember learning it anywhere. Did you know it before you came on this trip? Can you remember ever learning it down on Earth? Oh, no, I can't. I, I, think, I, Lemmy. Think hard. It's very important. All I know, Jet, it's been running through my mind. Hello, flagship. Freighter number six calling flagship. Well, there's the radio. I'd better answer. Want to hear from you urgently. Come in, please. No, Lenny, wait. Hey? He said he was calling from number six. Hello, flagship. Number six calling. For God's sake, answer me. Number six? But, Doc, I, I, I admit you're in number six. But that voice ain't either of them. No, Lemmy. That's the voice of Peterson. <laughs> You've been listening to Episode 7 of Journey into Space with Andrew Foles as Jet Morgan, David Kossoff as Lemmy, Guy Kingsley Pointer as Doc, Bruce Beebe as Mitch, and with David Jacobs and Anthony Marriott. The orchestra was conducted by Van Phillips, who also composed the music.
Journey into Space is written by Charles Chilton and produced by him in the London studios of the BBC.